Speaking the truth to the state capitol, this is Drive Time Lincoln with the commander, Jack Riggins, on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, June 22nd, I'm your host, Jack Riggins. This is Drive Time Lincoln. Johnny Cadillac is producing the show. I don't know. Johnny, I think, was gone. I was gone. I was out at State Match playing Grand Island yesterday. I want to thank Doug Fitzgerald for filling in. Um, I, it's difficult to describe the abomination of a golf round that I put up out at State Match Play, and I can't hide from it. It was a glorious 52 on the front nine, followed by an even par on the back nine. Um, I am having some struggles right now. If you're a golfer... You understand that? Don't tell me to quit because I'm not going to. It's not in my DNA. Um, And I do take positives away from the experience. But I have to admit, it was quite a gut punch. And I have not had much tournament success yet, Johnny. No, So I spent the day yesterday listening to Monday's episode of Drive Time Lincoln because I wasn't here on Monday. And I I heard you say... uh, Something along the lines, and you knew you weren't, but I should just give up the golfing game. And, <laughs> and, and I knew you were going to be gone yesterday to go back and golf. And so it's in the back of my mind, I'm like, well, is, he, is the commander doing better than he was giving himself credit to be doing going into it? And I guess he answered my question right off the bat. Well, I am, I am, uh, I'm a realist, and, I am, and when I am sadly bad, I, I say that I'm sadly bad, and that is much nicer than I talk to myself usually in the moment. But overall, another good experience in Nebraska Golf Association. If you haven't played in their events, they're a top-notch organization. We are honestly so blessed as amateur golfers in the state to have the tournament rota that they do. Everybody will tell you how professional their tournaments are, and I just I feel blessed every time I get to play one. I just hope I play better. But Danny Woodhead, my good friend, it was leading that tournament, and as of this morning, he had won his first match. So I'm excited to see if Danny's run in golf, not only on the state level, but the national level, keeps up. All right, enough about me. It is Whatever Wednesday, folks, um, which means I would love for you to call in because I feel like I've been gone, even though I haven't been gone that much. But I feel like I've been a little disconnected this week, and I'd love to hear what Lincoln and Lancaster County have going on. Um, I know a lot of you are interested. I get more and more on the Exploratory Committee for Mayor. It is day 66, and we've met with some other potential candidates. I think I've said that. And again, um, I meet with experts as much as I can say on air. And there's big. There's a state convention coming up for the GOP. There's a special election here very soon, next week. And then we have the general election, and we're not going to make any decisions unless something groundbreaking changes um, until after the general election. And I don't know if that's standard or not standard, but I just think if you've read my blogs that there's a lot going on with the state GOP, and I think there's a lot going on with the Lincoln-Lancaster County GOP. And I obviously want everybody to come together as conservatives, especially in this county and city, to... um. You know, get out and vote because we're not represented, as I always talk about, by the uh, demographic we are. So, you know, maybe that's on your mind. I <laughs> I hate to say it, but Joe Biden just continues to impress as the president of the United States. Um, and maybe we shouldn't make fun of somebody when you fall on a bike. Or maybe we should because, guess what? When you're a leader, everyone's watching. And everyone in today's world... Uh, 
questioned your competency on every little thing. And oh, by the way, you get very large staffs that are supposed to prepare you for that and put you in situations to look successful. And it's it's just one thing after another, whether it's fallen off the bike or he says one thing and then the press secretary says another. Um, so maybe um, maybe Joe Biden's on your mind. And in the end of the day, I mean, I love this, right? Summer gas tax, you know, we might suspend that. I mean, is it possible that we could just say, hey, don't worry about it. We're already paying taxes. Like, it's, it's too little, too late, Joe. Like, we'll just pay the taxes. We'll pay the taxes on whatever, you know, you need. <laughs> We're doing our part for the country. Uh, why, don't, why don't you get to be in the senior executive and get a staff together and help us with bigger problems? You know, but that's the way I look at it. It's It's just hilarious, really. Uh, if you come local, I hope everyone uh, I talked about a little bit had a good weekend. I I try to do my best to um, educate and talk about the importance of Juneteenth and and what I think from an advertisement standpoint. As we think of Juneteenth, we think about it wrong. I think about it as an American sacrifice on both sides from people that were in slavery and African Americans through the the emancipation of slavery after the Civil War up to, you know, the continued success of a diverse population to this day. So I look at it from a we fought for that as a country. It's a great example of when we are more morally or ethically not on the right side of being the best we can be as individuals and a country, and we chose to do something about it. And I've always said how proud I am as an American, not just a serviceman, but as an American that in almost all historical context, we're one of the very, very, very few, if not only one, of a country that's ever been on this planet that self-corrects like that with the great diversity we have. And I know that's not fast enough for some of you, but... Um, for me, I see progress, and, and I like that, and I hope um, that has been a good holiday. All right, let's take uh, Dan Time Lincoln or Everyman Dan on line one. Welcome. Hey, Commander. Thanks very much for taking my call. Um, I wanted to comment on Juneteenth as well. I just think it's, uh, it's a wonderful holiday. It's worth celebrating, and uh, I think it's I, – I, I echo or ditto, I guess they say on radio – you know, your comments, it's just a wonderful holiday. Slavery was forced on this country by the British and when we were a British colony. And like you said, we did correct it. And uh, it took a long time and a lot of blood. And it is, uh, it's a wonderful holiday that we can recognize. And I think it's just uh, tremendous. Yeah, I I think you're spot on, and I, I think that's one of the things historically that's missing, and I know I commented a few times on the fact that throughout history of man, slavery has been a thing, a uh, sad thing, um, and, and to be honest, I think you'd be hard-pressed to find any type of group of people, whether religious or diversity or color of skin or where you're from on the planet, that at some point in man's history hasn't been enslaved. Um, and to your point, um, at the time, much different than today, um, it was part of the way, the economy. And, and again, we were formed by the British, and it became part of America. And after we kind of got our heads about us, uh, we did something about it. And I think that's something we should be very proud of. And I also think it's important to understand the larger history of how it fits in. 
Well, I think that's true, Commander. And you think about the, the history of slavery, um, like take the Roman history of slavery. There was never a time in ancient Rome when there weren't slave rebellions because humanity always wants to rebel against that evil of slavery. And um, we did it as a nation, and and uh, the, and we won and defeated slavery. And that's the modern version of, of slavery. Yeah, and it was quite cool. And um, uh, but anyway, it's a wonderful holiday, and very well worth celebrating. And then, if, if I could, can I comment a little bit on the Joe Biden? Uh, problem? Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Well. Um, I, I pointed out a few months ago that the big elephant in the room is this poor man has dementia, and it's very evident to anyone who's seen their own family members or friends go through it, too. And uh, we got to get rid of this man as president. He has to be impeached. Yes, Kamala Harris is a terrible, terrible vice president, a terrible candidate for president. But we can deal with that after we get rid of Joe Biden. We have to get rid of Joe Biden first. Then we can get then we can deal with Kamala Harris, Kamala Harris. Well, Dan, good call. I'm going to, I'm going to comment and, uh, good thoughts today. Appreciate it as always. Uh, have a good night. Um, yeah, good thoughts on Juneteenth. And I think, um, again, I, you, you should, you, I feel you should not look at things through a microscope. You open the aperture and it provides context. And I think you look at, uh, the whole, issue that we're discussing and what we're celebrating and it comes into a a very different optic that sometimes we've been hearing recently um as far as joe biden the one thing i would say about that i'm hard pressed to say that the apparatus that is the medical establishment um around the white house and and people would fudge it if, in fact, the cognitive decline is that bad. Meaning, we gen- I generally trust the checks and balances we have. Okay, having said that, there is something there and we all see it. I don't think Joe Biden should be impeached at all. I think that as a leader, he should resign, right? So, again, if I'm in the military and I and I, it's about as close to the you know, senior executive as you're going to get as far as command goes, right? As the president of the United States, if you're unfit for service, it's not embarrassing. It's not wrong. And it's good to step down. Now, oftentimes in the military, somebody has to tell you that, right? Because you do have an ego and you do think you can pull it off. But there are also times where men and women who are in command of our armed forces understand that whether it be physical, mental, um, family situations or whatever, they are no longer fit to command. And that's not a negative thing. A negative thing would be to continue to command when you're not able to. And so I think Joe Biden knows. I think the people around him know. And I don't think that there should be any shame or any um, negativity if he were to say, look, I just need to resign as president of the United States. I mean, it happens in business all the time. It happens in the military all the time. And to your point, Dan, okay, once that's done, because that would be the best thing for him and the country. Okay. And then the vice president will assume, and then, you know, as a country, we'll deal with that. But Joe Biden clearly, um, 
is not in, in the in the cognitive state or up for the task of probably the hardest job in the United States, in the world, in the world. All right, Johnny, line two, can't wait. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Um, Johnny, you're always so laid back. I love when you call in and you're just chill. Oh, yeah, you know, uh, it would be great if, if we could legalize marijuana. It would be even more chill. Hey, hey, well, tell me about that because guess what? You know, I've talked about that a lot on the show, and I see a news story that says they're begging for signatures. What's going on? Uh, well, I really think, you know, you could get one of them on your show. You know, you could ask them. I mean, uh, Anna Wishart or I don't know if Adam Morfeldy. All right. You know, I'm going to no, I'm gonna do it. I'm putting it. I I've, I've keep saying I'm going to have them on the show, and no, I know, no, I know the website. I know the players. I'm going to get it done by next week. I'm sure you could just you could just do it over the phone. It's not like you have to go through all the trouble. Well, yeah, they're not going to. Those two won't want to come in and see me, but maybe somebody from the organization. Either way, they can call in. I'd love to have them on the show for them yeah. to talk about, um, the, you know, their quest to get it on the ballot. And and you know me, I'm not going to change on because of the issue. I'm not going to change on vote of the people. I'm a big vote of the people guy. So if it legally gets put on a ballot, I'm fine living with what the people say they've chosen. The people's platform. Yeah, the people's platform. You know, so, okay, so, Johnny, you want uh, legalized marijuana. Well, yeah, I mean, like you said, I'm not worried about Biden falling off a bike. Uh, By now, he could have signed an executive order decriminalizing marijuana. He could have, uh, you know, rolled back the student debt thing. You know, he could have uh, wiped out student debt. Uh, there's so many things he probably could have done by now, but it just seems like uh, he hasn't really done much. Why do you yeah. think that is? I mean, that he has done some things, like as a conservative, right, I'm going to beat him up about gas and oil and energy independence. But why do you think on some of those other promises that are more liberal, he hasn't come through? Uh, it's probably because of Joe Manchin and or cinema. Uh, sorry, it's probably because of two Democrats who don't want to vote along with the rest of us, so. Uh, you know, I just, uh, I just think that, yeah, you know, I mean, it takes it takes more people in Congress to uh, or the Senate, whatever. You know, usually more votes from the people. Well, that's, uh, I mean, you're right there. There's been a couple of senators and congressmen that have kind of held it up. Now, as a, de- I mean, you've identified as a as a Dem, I, I believe. Um, if you haven't, correct me. But uh, is there worry then that uh, you're not going to have any votes come after November? I. I don't know. You know, I, I keep hearing this on the radio and seeing it on the TV, like uh, Democrats aren't going to be voting. But I, I think otherwise. I think that, uh, you know, with this Roe versus Wade and all the gun violence stuff making the news, I just I think that there's going to be a lot more Democrats coming out to vote. Um, but, you know, I I don't know with gerrymandering and uh, everything else. I'm, I'm not exactly sure what how what the outcome is. Well, it'll be interesting. I'll say this, and at least since I've been on the radio, really trying to pay attention, um, Democrats show up and vote. And I mean, whether that's nationally or even locally here, um, you know, big big reason I'm on the radio is to try to get conservatives to get out there and vote. But I wanted to ask you: Did you see that? Um, I think it's get out the vote or let us vote is trying to get a petition here kind of back on the general ballot for the fairness ordinance. Did you see that story? I mean, I just heard it on the radio. I mean, I guess, you know, if that's really what people want, then 
I guess, you know, if, if they want to vote on it, then I guess that's up for the people, I guess. I yeah, say. I mean, I it would seem like to me what I read was they need 4,000 signatures here in Lincoln. I would I would think they would be able to get that, and so that it will go to the general election, is my understanding, and will vote, which I'm just asking you because I find it so full circle that essentially – you know, city council tried to do this twice, and then this last time, I think a lot of the consternation was it was a little overreaching. Then we had the people vote. Then city council last week, right, said, okay, we're going to rescind. And now there's a group on the other side that does want it to go through that says, oh, now we're going to put it to a vote of the people, when in fact, city council could have put it to a vote of the people any time. And, and I don't know. I'm like you. I don't know how that will turn out. Yeah, I I don't know. I guess... You know, I was mainly just calling in to say, you know, we all fall off a bike. We, we probably have once in, in our life. But, uh, you know, uh, you know, with this gas gas and oil stuff here, I don't I don't know. I, I don't know. I just think that the Republicans are worried about, you know, nothing. I, guess. <laughs> I, I don't know. Well, we're always worried about something. Johnny, thanks for the call. Appreciate you calling in. Always do. Johnny, a voice of sanity on the other side. Fourteen hundred ninety nine three. It is whatever Wednesday. You're getting the 411 from DTL with Commander Jack Riggins on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, we're back on a whatever Wednesday. Call lines are filling up. I appreciate that. So are the text line. I'm trying to make sense of them. Uh, I am Jack Riggins. I host of Drive Time Lincoln. Johnny Cadillac is uh, producing the show. We've got a special guest that may not come on air, but I know his children are out there listening. And so I'm going to say, got a special guest uh, job shadowing today. We'll call him Zed. We'll call him Zed. Appreciate Zed and I go way back to the University of Nebraska, service to our country, and he is passing through uh, his adopted home state of Nebraska as a Husker and on his way to another job assignment. So, uh, Zed, appreciate you coming in. You can say something on the radio. Welcome to Drive Time Lincoln, Zed. Jackie, thanks for having me, man. It's a pleasure to be here. Oh, so so cool. You've got so, you should be in radio. You've got such a cool voice. It's a it's a little SoCal imagine, cool. Imagine that. Yeah, imagine that. Um, all right, and uh, Richard, we will get to you in uh, when we come back off the commercial break. Got some interesting texts, um, Dakota. You had asked, um, you were questioning voice of the people. So when medical uh, marijuana or can. <laughs> got signatures two years ago um you were asking and i may not have this right were you mad at the county sheriff who sued to take it off the ballot um i don't know if you're referencing johnny or me but here's what i can tell you about it um i wasn't on the radio two years ago when this was coming up and so as i've openly said i did not pay attention to anything i was happy to have retired from the military and really thought um the world was perfect um i was wrong however um (coughs) I would be upset if we got the signatures as the people and an issue went on the ballot and anybody tried to undercut that, including a county sheriff. If if we get the signatures per law, per the Constitution, for the people to vote on it, I'm in favor of the people voting. So that would have been my my stance. All right, we'll come on back with some callers. 1499.3-KLIN. in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. 
And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Drive Time Lincoln with the Commander Jack Riggins on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, whatever Wednesday, I'm Jack Riggins. I'm the host. Second segment starting Johnny Cadillacs producing the show. My good friend Zed is in job shadowing today, traveling cross country. Um, I will thank him for his service as well. He's just going to be quiet over there in the corner. But, hey, we've got a lot of callers and a lot of great texts. Dakota, that was a great uh, question that we answered in a little short segment. And Scott, I'm going to answer yours, too. Appreciate the background. I'll kind of turn it into a mini segment here in a minute. But let's get to Ann on the call line. Ann, welcome to Drive Time Lincoln. Hi. I missed you. Hey, listen. Um, I love June 10th. I think it's fabulous. It's better than my ancestors got in the Holocaust. They got just got shot in the head, and the boys. I, I didn't. I didn't laugh know. at that. I didn't laugh at that. <laughs> uh, I. I. I well, I didn't laugh at that. The shocking nature of which you're totally correct causes me to be like, duh, right? Like well, you're. Well, you're well, absolutely well, right. We sometimes forget the the horrific crimes of the Holocaust. It was the first, no, the first, not the Jewish Holocaust. Oh. It was the Armenian. Oh, the Armenian, okay. And it was a successful one. They drove them out, and guess what? I'm not even bitter towards Turks. Not one bit. That wasn't me. It was them, you know? Yeah. And they, they let the women come over here, and here I am, and, you know... Everything's great, but what I really wanted to talk to you about is so congratulations to us on June tenth, yeah. And I hope it heals. I hope it heals. I pray it heals. But I saw documentaries. You know, I'm kind of patriotic, and I saw documentaries all over Memorial Day and all that. And are they really at the academies doing that to the cadets, making them feel white? Uh, privilege. I about puked. My, uh, my son went to the AFA uh-huh. 20 years ago. What a bunch of wimps they're making them. They're not, well, they're not buying it, are they? Well, you know what? Okay, so I'm going to let you go. It's great thoughts. Um, thank you for sharing a little family history because I think historically, um, You've kind of backed up what we're talking about is there's a lot of this in, in kind of the human history history. And I, I really like what you said about Juneteenth and just healing, because that is how you move past these traumatic things. And, and we move forward, um, recognizing the, the historical context as it is, not as we'd want it to be. But and thank you for the call. Bye. Bye bye. OK. Um, then she transitioned, and I think this is interesting. I do get asked this a lot about the services, and in this case, she's talking about the academies, um, which train, uh, you know, probably fifty percent of our officers, men and women, in in the armed forces. Um, and here, these policies, and we're mainly talking kind of post BLM, maybe wokeism, even CRT. You know, it all kind of goes together, right? This. You know, sexism, racism, you know, quote unquote, white privilege. This is what I know is generally speaking in my time in the military is we are on the forefront of when the federal government decides to make something important. 
Okay, so whether it be in the United States Navy, the integration of women in the 80s, post-tailhook and a scandal to be aviators and get women on ships, um, you know, to the expansion of diversity, of making sure that all jobs were open to everybody and there wasn't discrimination across. And then, you know, the last thing I was a part of was sexual assault and prevention, right? So we had a top-down from Washington, very... Um, forced and not bad, but very forced. Dig into this, retrain, really look at it. And what do you think happened? Of course, the sexual assault uh, reportings went through the roof after that first year. Okay. And that's not the whole story. The point is, is when the federal government decides that it wants to make hard changes or influences the united states military is usually the first place it goes to include other federal agencies i'm sure uh department of homeland security i'm sure the fbi uh even cia anybody that's immediately right under um essentially dc to your point and i think what happens is as young people in service right these issues get discussed um, the education part of it might adapt and be new, and it may or may not be something they personally agree with. But nonetheless, it's going to be discussed. And if you think about it like a wave, it goes up for a while, and it's kind of a high profile, and then it goes down, and then it goes up, and it goes down. And if you draw that out uh, over a 20- or 30-year period, you really just get a static line in all of this stuff long-term. That tends to equal itself out, meaning you get a force in the military that integrates way back when women better than the mo- most places in the United States. You get a force that attacks diversity faster and better than most places in the United States. You get a force that takes on sexual assault and prevention better than most places in the United States. And I'm talking organizations. And with regard to this and kind of the new wave, I think that they will be educated because they're being told to and the leaders are being told to. I don't believe it's something that you throw your hat in the ring if you're an admiral, general, commander, senior enlisted and say, you know, I'm throwing away my career because I don't agree with this. Hey, you go through the educational piece. You let your sailors, soldiers, airmen, marines be able to make decisions uphold the standard and move forward and in the end of the day even maybe right now or by you know the fall it's in the rearview mirror and that's just how it works whenever washington wants to try to force something down the only time you're ever going to hear somebody like me get into the frustration part of it is if the decisions and i have not seen it in my career actually actually hurt terribly Training and readiness. Okay. So if the standards for training and readiness, meaning to be able to defend the country, right, are upheld and trained to, then the military and the Pentagon is doing its job. The other little nuances that we just talked about are kind of fluff, if you will. And they come and go with presidents and different dynamics in society. And I I have always felt confident that we've maintained that. And I think most of us would tell you that as long, you know, if it's a dog, a cat, anything, if they can do the standard, we're all for them being on the team. And there's just, we have to absorb 
societal changes at times. And do I like it like you? No, (laughs) I am glad I'm out of the military because I would not be a good person to explain this stuff. However, I would carry the torch. If I was asked to do it because I swore an oath, I would educate. Now, I would educate based on the standard, but at the same time, I would provide context to all of my sailors and soldiers so that they understood the big picture so that we didn't get so topsy-turvy, say, on race relations, and that became more important than the mission. Okay, And I have confidence in our young leaders, um, senior enlisted officers, to, to make that deal. Um, and I, I, let's be honest, it's a divisive topic. And I think the press and even the white house plays to it a lot. And I I think people in the military are having a, a great time, just like I had a great time in the military, but it's a tough life. All right. Hey, Richard line three, how you doing? Welcome to drive time Lincoln. Commander, uh, we, we have some very weighty issues that you've been batting around and I have a sort of a minor issue, but to me, it's very important. And it has to do with our new license plate that's going to be with us for quite a few years. The one, the, the one with the uh, Capitol mural? The, that one was bad. Oh! This new, one, this new one is even worse. And it's not so much the design itself. It's the way it's executed. Okay, g- uh, keep the, going. The, the Capitol was such a faint outline that it, you, you almost had to be within a foot or two of the license plate to say, hey, that's the Nebraska State Capitol. And on the new one, they have some beautiful artwork right? the Nebraska State Capitol. Uh, very good choice, but it fades so that you can't see it. It doesn't have punch. It doesn't stick out. And one of the best marketing tools for our state is our license plate. And I I hate to see us go through another period of time where we have sort of a blah license plate. I thought some of the designs they had that didn't get selected would have been much better. Okay, so let me clarify. You are talking about this new genius of creative energy and the fact that it's kind of very light behind the actual lettering. That's right. And again, so it doesn't pop. Yeah, it it, it doesn't pop. And if you're driving down the highway, if you're from some other state and you're following a Nebraska car, you're going to have to get dangerously close to the the Nebraska car to even see that design in the license plate. Well, Richard, I do see what you're saying, and I appreciate the call. You always have good thoughts, and, and thanks for calling in. Um. Now, I've already gone on record saying I like the license plate. Now, meaning I like the historical significance of the genius of creative energy, which is a mosaic in our capital. Um, it's just inside the North Interest. And the capital for me has always been a, f- a phenomenal place to go. I used to run around it in it. Uh, in college all the time and i think of the work that went into getting all those mosaics done and so there's a lot of history there and so i like the actual linkage um i don't have a problem with it but to richard's point i do see what he's talking about with the fact it doesn't pop it's subdued kind of behind there and I can't disagree with that. I mean, I don't think most people would roll through Nebraska or see that. And even besides it says Nebraska, associate 
the creative energy uh, with us. Um, you know, so there is something to be said about pop. Now, uh, I guess what I could say is I'm, I, I'm probably a bad traditionalist, but I don't remember when and where every state, and maybe they make more money, and that's probably why I got into license plate bingo. But it, it, that has become like the thing. All the different license plates and, and different selections, and some of them go to charity. So there's a good idea there. But I would tell you, I, hey, listen, give me the license plate that just basically has the capital on it right in between the numbers it's big it shows and that would be one the other one i've always enjoyed of nebraska um is is the windmill right i've always enjoyed kind of the prairie look with the windmill so i i'd be okay with like a chimney rock on the left which most people associate with um you know the 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 west side of nebraska and then a windmill and then the state capital on the right and there you go that's nebraska you know, very simple. Don't change it for a hundred years, but we wouldn't be able to make money. And so that's probably where it came about. But I like the design. Um, maybe we can talk to the governor about getting a little more pop into the genius of creative energy. So I'm, I'm a little torn on that. Because, oh, no. Yeah. No. Yeah. Now we got to listen to another Johnny talk. But no, my, he, he mentioned the highway and look, trying to look close enough to see what the design is. And to me, I, I just can't help but think if, if I'm behind a car with a new Nebraska license plate on the highway, it's so faint enough that I'm not going to think there's a design there. So I'm not going to be like looking extra close to see, oh, wait, what is that design on the plate? I'm just going to be like, oh, Nebraska doesn't have a design and drive on. But- yeah, I haven't seen one actually live. Maybe they're not out yet. So I've just seen the, the renderings and the pictures. Um, Richard's got a point. Now, Richard, I could have, I could have, I could have got on you about it because you, you, listen, you want, trains and you want buses for everybody now the buses would have license plates but i mean you know well then again you're on a hiatus from getting the comment on buses but we and aren't. trains but we're not so <laughs> uh so i guess you know you went to another mode of transportation but yeah i think it's a good point um all right whatever wednesday we got a few minutes left okay scott brought up an interesting question via text and i don't know if i have your question right scott but um you're saying hey i like what Tom Brewer's doing, um, I'm going to say I like what Tom Brewer's doing. He's never done anything state center Tom Brewer from out west. Um, obviously, f- former colonel in the National Guard, and uh, I think there's a lot of thoughts that he and I are lockstep on, so I enjoy it. And, and you said, uh, and I enjoy what he's doing now. Um, and you were referencing um, his trip to Ukraine where he's looking um, at ways to help in the humanitarian aid kind of logistics flow of stuff and and you asked a question to me i think um you said what skills and expertise could you bring to help out the ukrainian people well i think that that is a very good question um is it fair to mention tom brewer a state senator uh former colonel and me in the same sentence oh man that's a tough one so Let's start with what he's doing. Um, he's out there to assess basically the humanitarian needs and look essentially at the logistics lines. And I'm sure with his background um, in the National Guard and all the years of fighting um, is uniquely positioned and experienced to kind of give a, a no crap assessment because that's the type of guy he is. And so I applaud him for that. And it's great um, that, you know, we have a state senator that stays engaged 
um, on these national issues. And so um, stack that one up to what I always say, Nebraska's punching above our weight class, both as a state and individuals. Um, as far as I go, if you haven't picked up on it, Scott, I have spent a lot of my energies and my honest question or my honest answer to you would be, um, I don't, I don't right now have a lot of skills and expertise to bring to the Ukrainian people. And that might shock you. And the reason is, is because the skills and experience that I have in special operations, not only leading people, but leading missions, um, were sanctioned by the U.S. government at the most highest level. And while I know we talk about it a lot sometimes, they're really cool in the movies and they're really cool um, to think about. But the reality is, is, you know, one person like me or a group of guys like me, we don't pull off any of that stuff without the giant apparatus of the United States of America and our allies. Um, and the spider web to get what Hollywood puts into a five minute clip of support and how many people in the intelligence community, the militaries that make that happen are huge. And so, yes, while I could train and advise um, how to fight and look at battle plans, my skills that I used to have were right on the ground in the front line. And that isn't something that I feel I do unless it's sanctioned by the United States government for a bigger purpose. And so I'll talk a little bit more when we come back. Great question, though. 1,499 KLIN. You're getting the 411 from DTL with Commander Jack Riggins on 1,499.3 KLIN. All right, we're finishing up a Whatever Wednesday here. It's been a good one. A lot of calls. Appreciate it. Diverse topics. Again, thanks to Doug Fitzgerald covering yesterday while I went out and uh, had a complete, uh, um, I don't know, failure to launch <laughs> on the golf course at State Match Play. And I want. I hope Danny Woodhead is winning right now because uh, I enjoy Danny, and it's been fun to see his journey. Um, okay, tomorrow Lauren Garcia is going to be on. We're going to talk about the SCOTUS decision on school choice. Um, really looking forward to that. And I'm just still trying to figure out and answer a little bit more of Scott's question. So, Scott, I think with regard to what Colonel Brewer is doing, uh, good on him, right? I mean, he's going out there. He's uniquely experienced in position to provide some advice, and I'm sure he has the context to uh, let people know that are actively working those situations uh, what's going on. Um, as far as me, like I said, you, you asked, uh, what, what skills, I mean, that's the thing. It's a hard thing when you're a former special operator, you basically have, uh, go work for the CIA or you have independent contracting and, um, and then you have almost what I would call rogue. (laughs) You can just go work, uh, for the highest bidder. Um, I don't believe in working for the highest bidder, so I'd never consider that. Um, I wouldn't do it. Um, contracting, not a thing for me. Um, again, I believe in fighting for the flag. And, uh, you know, if CIA or the Navy came back calling, um, we'd see if I was uniquely positioned to help with my experience. But the truth is, I, I don't believe I am anymore. And uh, what I try to do is talk about local issues now and and make change through the people and voting and, and using that to... Uh, Talk through things so that we can be a better democracy and a better republic. And I think that's where I can help out the best, at least right now. Um, Hey, but don't worry, Scotty. If they come across the border, find me and I'll keep you safe. All right. 1,499.3 KLI.